0: Anthony, what is going on, my dude? Anthony, what is up? Double is this a. Thing on? <laughs> it's been a little bit from since the last podcast.
1: It has. Life is life moves fast, as Ferris Bueller once said. Yeah, what uh, it does.
0: What's been up, man? What have you been up to lately? Or since I'm, last time we talked.
1: Yeah. Like I, I am mostly working. If I'm not, if I'm not at work, I am trying to get tricks. Like those are my, that's my life. You know, we, uh, I think you discussed last time, like I'm at 27 and a half years in the army now. Um, man, there's a lot, there's a lot. We have responsible for, for making sure three battalions of artillery are, are ready to go do their thing at any minute. Uh, so there's a lot of in the train validating and and certifying crews and, and formations of different sizes to make sure that that they're ready to meet the contract that we got with the you good Americans. So that that's what we do, and it's it's nonstop.
0: That's like your nine to five, I, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's my that's my wake up at zero four thirty, fucking get home around. I like on average I probably get home at seven p.m. So. Uh, you know, I'm out, of, I'm up, I'm up at four. I'm out of the house by four I'm home between seven and seven thirty at night. So that's, that's kind of been the schedule, uh, honestly for close to 27 years. Like this, this job didn't really change my schedule. Um, so it just you, just, you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. The body gets used to it now. Like I can't sleep in like a weekend hits like yeah. five o'clock. I'm like, Butt up, <laughs> you know. So, what'd you do? Good.
0: What'd you do for work before you got in the army?
1: So, oh man, I've been working like legally since I was fourteen. Like I've been paying taxes every day of my life since I was fourteen. Um, but I've been working since I was twelve, and and you know, it started with like just hustles growing up in San Diego. Like how do you earn a buck? Am I handing out flyers? Am I clipping mistletoe out of the trees and putting them in sandwich bags and being a little bag dealer outside the, <laughs> that alpha beta or Ralph's or Vaughn's grocery store, you know, trying to hustle that. Or, uh, I remember like the best deal I got to, to do was opening up a new record store, like with old school tapes and stuff before CDs came out, last records, please CD. And, uh, He's like, hey, if you hand out all these flyers, I'll let you get, like, 12 tapes. Man, 12 tapes, like, when you're in the, you know, third, fourth grade, that is old.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) huge. That seems like more than you could
1: Actually, I remember it it had to have been, it had to have been, like, 88 or 87 because I got 9-inch nails, pretty hate machine on tape. And I don't think people realize how old that is.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. like that
1: is a pre-CD album that still holds up 100% today.
0: That's sick. Yeah, Tape cassettes, those are so crazy, dude. Remember they used to get like eaten by the machine? Yeah,
1: Remember? but you just get your pencil out and you just you just put it in there and you just twist it up, man. You'll be all right, you know? Kids don't know
0: I shit mean. about that anymore.
1: You know, it's funny because I make fun of the kids now that walk around with their earphones in 100% of the time. But man, yeah. as a kid, I was Sony Walkman. To and from school, nonstop. You know, like I, I didn't go anywhere, transportation anywhere without, without man on. Uh, but yeah, loved it. First job, illegal job. I was washing dishes in a bar on Sundays. They did, they did a brunch, so I was washing dishes for five dollars an hour under the table, which was great money uh, at the time. I was walking out there forty-five dollars cash. You know, in the sixth or seventh grade you know, at, at any given time and I was sick and I'd hand out flyers for them, but I, I blew all that money, like on football cards. I'm pretty sure,
0: right?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, still, 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 I was still skating at the time. So I'm pretty sure I had a good set up at that time. Um, man, was foundation coming out at that time. I might've bought a foundation board when they first came out right around that same time
0: foundation. So, so sick.
1: Yeah, it was different because they were actually, I, they were the first sort of nose I saw. I know that that uh, you know world had done it and everything, but the first one I saw in a shop was a foundation with a like a true nose, and I was like, oh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get that. And then
0: that's crazy. That's know, crazy that like, because when I got into skating, they were already popsicle with nose and tail and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. No. No. <laughs> well, no. No. I started on the on the flat Nash, you know uh what was it the buzz saw or whatever it was like it, every board was just a Nash on the grip tape and had like two saw blades and they're just different top color and they were completely flat did you and have like go...
0: plastic rails and stuff like that
1: no not on those not on the Nashes. the next series of boards that came out that was that was all plastic so Right was as Bones Brigade was starting to come up, but you know, you didn't really know what it, what it was going to be or what it was. Like all these, you know, 80 style boards start coming out the 10 inchers. So like, of course you had the Veriflex, um, eliminator, you know, those that you go to, you go to your big box store. Like you're not getting these at your surf shop, you know, you're buying them at the big box store. And then if you do go to the surf shop, now you're setting up boards. And back then it was, it was Sims vision. GNS and PAL, like that's what you're going to find at your local surf shop. I, th- I think on the East Coast, you you had to go to bike stores to buy your skateboard stuff. But on the West Coast, we had to go to surf shops. Is that right?
0: Well, growing up, there was uh, the bike barn. I used to go there and get shoes yeah. and skateboard stuff. Yeah. There's always been yeah. like a biking scene for sure.
1: Right. So you guys bought your surf stuff at the, at the bike stores, our skate stuff at the bike stores and we bought ours at the, at the surf shops
0: because
1: yeah. um, there was no, there was no like dedicated skate shop. Maybe there might've been one in old town, San Diego, which all I think is called old town, uh, San Diego skate shop. Uh, that shop's amazing. If you go in now; they got every legendary board from the beginning of history on like on the ceilings and on the walls. It's just, it's a museum. It's, it's amazing. The same,
0: it's the same shop that was there. It's been still yeah. open. Wow. Yeah. They're the there. thing's sick. That's so awesome. But uh,
1: yeah, anyway, I was washing dishes, getting my five dollars. You know, just just being a kid. As long as the bike ran, the skateboard ran, and you know, I was uh, collecting some football cards. I'm a huge NFL fan. I know uh, back in the days, skaters didn't really sports, but I think now it's more acceptable. But I, like, I I like, f- always loved I've always I've liked
0: I've liked football. I was a Damn. fan of uh, Dallas Cowboys when they had Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman, so, Michael Irvin. That was a so sick that's one. where
1: so that's where all my money went. I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I was the biggest Emmett Smith fan ever. I wanted Legend. to own every Emmett Smith card from every brand out there. Like
0: I totally it, understand that.
1: You know, I oh. I was a huge Emmett fan. I'm a Rams fan. You can't, you know, it's hard to it's hard to be all Rams all the time. But like here comes this guy, Emmett Smith, and you're like, Wow, like he just made it look easy. He dude, just made it look easy, you know. Do all
0: the holes and dip and yeah. dive in, dude, beast. Emmett killed yeah. him. Yeah, hey, you could um, be a
1: Patriots fan back then because you had the ugly, the ugly football man on the helmet. Uh,
0: yeah. We did, we did a knockoff grap- graphic of that. I had a Shetler Pro model for World where that's it's uh nice. the knockoff of like the, the guy standing like in the stance, the hiking. Yeah,
1: scene. that's sick. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I don't know if you guys had it growing up, but our schools had like a higher Youth program. You could sign up, and they'd help you find a job uh, for the summer. And so like, I was like a a janitor at my school for, you know, minimum wage as a 14 year old. That's my first like on paper, you know, taxes, paying, paying job. Then I was a cook at red lobster for a while. I worked at, I worked at a place called the hot potato. All they served was like baked potatoes and and, like toppings. Like that was it. (laughs) Um, I did, I sold cars. Uh, before I joined the army, I was selling uh, Dodges like 94 when the brand new Ram came out. That was the first redesign of the rounded Dodge Ram. And that was like, people just walk in, just gave you money. Like that was the easiest job
0: I ever had the in my hype. life. Yeah,
1: so- That was it. But then that dealership bought a Mazda dealership and they moved me over there. And like, nobody wants to buy a Mazda. And so (laughs) I went from making like stupid money to making like $60 a car. I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) And then I was just, I was just looking around one day and I was like, these guys are sitting here for 12 hours a day and maybe they're working if they're lucky an hour and a half that entire day. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to be that miserable person at the point I'm you know, 18 years old. I was like 17, 18. I was like, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to just be sitting here waiting, waiting for an opportunity to sell car. Like, how can I you know, do more with my life? Yeah. And I always knew I was going to join the military of some sort. I just, I didn't know when, and I didn't know which branch. I kind of assumed I would join the Marines being from San Diego. That's what you do or the Navy
0: why um, that that's like because it's all the industries that's
1: all you see that's the lens right so all you're seeing is marines and navy so you're not even thinking air force plus you know if you're not going to the air force academy why join the air force you know if you're not going to fly a jet go do something cool somewhere else um but the army doesn't have a visual in san diego at all but what they were able to do is guarantee me some things that the, the marines couldn't and number one was uh, a job and two is where was i going to go and it's a uh, you can do a lot with those two things when you know where where you're going. And then I didn't really care too much about those things, but I wanted it in in contract before I left. I was it was I was indifferent to what it was as long as I knew what it was. The Marines, they're gonna pick your shit once you're in, and they're gonna send you where they want once you're in.
0: Oh, with so, the army, with the army, they'll tell you ahead of time. You're saying,
1: yeah, I can tell you. Like you can essentially pick your job down to the exact job, and then a lot of the times you can get. Uh, the location or you can get one or the other and some money. There's no bonuses. When I was joining, it was peacetime 1996.
0: Hell yeah. You know? Shout out to peacetime. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, nice. yeah, so it was, you know, and then when I was uh, at my initial training, I, I picked one job and that job was over strength. And this other job was under strength. And they said, Hey, 14 of you, we're going to let you go to this new, this other job and, and give you choice of duty station. And, uh, they said all the married guys get the first pick. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting it, you know, cause I was single. And, uh, 13 of them went and then the, the drill instructor, drill sergeants came up to me and they're like, Hey man, we're giving you the 14th pick. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like you did your thing here. You want the job. You can take it. And I was like, can I go to, can I go to Europe? Can I go to Germany? And they're like, yeah. I was like, Oh man, I'll do that. What, what's the job? Yeah. And I was like, it's thir- 13 mic." I was like, I don't know what a damn 13 mic is like, yeah, Chris sounds great. So I went straight from that training to another training. I'd finished everything I was supposed to do. And then I added a couple weeks on to go do this, uh, this other training. And for the, d- the general public that is like, man, what's a 13 mic?" it's all over the news. What you see now, when you see the high Mars rocket systems, uh, fighting in the Ukraine, that's what a 13 mic is. They're the, the, the MLRS high Mars operators, those green trucks with the six rockets just going. Yeah. So that's, I did my first, um, I did
0: that from
1: 1996 to 1999 in, in Bamberg, Germany. And and then, it was
0: peacetime. So, what were you
1: doing? It was peacetime. You're training, man, because you got to remember you're still in a Cold War mindset. Like, that's not too far removed. Like, you just did the Gulf War, you know, and you still have got the, the job to protect Europe. Like, there's, it's all, it's on paper, all good. But the mindset, and especially the people training us, right? Even though it's peacetime to us, think about it. When I walk in there, my platoon sergeants, like, they joined you know, in 1976, you know, so they've been, their, their Vietnam mindset, their cold war mindset, they're, they just caught out of the Gulf war four or five years ago mindset. Like they're not going to let you just come in and, and take a break. Those guys are business and, and you are expected to meet a certain standard and train at a certain standard. And if you don't do it, you're gone, you know? Yeah. yeah. makes sense. You know, so, so that's just the environment I grew up in. Um, and then I came, I, I was, I wasn't happy with the job. I was like, yeah, it's cool. It looks cool, but it's kind of boring to do. And I was like, Oh, I want to do more. And all the kind of the older guys that are coming to Germany, they're coming with airborne wings and stuff. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I get those? Like, oh, you just go to Fort Bragg and you can be a paratrooper. I was like, sign me up. You know, yeah, I, all my contracts were three years long. So I got to re-enlist every two years. Cause your window opened a year before you got out. So when that second year hit, I was like, hey, sign me up, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, right? So I uh I come to Fort Bragg and uh I'm like, I'm gonna go to airborne school. And they're like, You're you're a rocket missile guy, you are not going to airborne school. I was like, man, that,
0: don't let sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, what do you mean I'm not going? They're like, no, man, like you you guys don't do that. And I was like, damn. I got an opportunity eight months later to interview, to be a, a general's driver. And I, I walk up there, I'm a corporal and not airborne. Everyone else is a sergeant and a jump master. They're not just airborne, but they're allowed to throw people out of the planes <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this job, you know? So I get, I walk in there and the, the course, core artillery Sergeant major is like, why do you want this job? I was like, sergeant major, I don't want this job. I just want to go to airborne school. I'm like, that's it. He's like, oh, I'll send you to school. I was like, great went to work the next day. They're like, man, you don't work up here no more. You work, you work at the Hill with those dudes. I was like, no way. So I ended up getting the job, but I was in airborne school the next week.
0: What's and, it?
1: uh, so once I became a paratrooper and, and being the general driver, we started, you know, going out and see, you're seeing a lot of things because that's his job, you know, go everywhere, find the points of friction, see what everyone's doing in their training. And all of a sudden I wasn't in the 82nd airborne at the time. I was in the, the core artillery. which So like five minutes away up the street is this whole different world called the 82nd airborne division. So we go to this, what they call their best Buy test. And I'm seeing like forward observers, you know, air assaulting in on a helicopter, setting up their stuff. I'm watching fire direction dudes. They're in charge of like computing, firing data from an observer to a gun. I'm seeing the guns, you know, shoot. And even the cooks are cooking behind me and I'm going to eat three meals and tell them which one's best. I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm in the wrong job. I need to be doing that. So I went back to the reenlistment guy and I was like, Hey, cause every, every three years you get to reenlist, you know, or every two years. So I was like, I want to be a, I want to be a Ford observer and the 82nd airborne division specifically Bravo first of the 319th because they had won the most shit. I wanted to be part of the best. Oh, nice. you know? So man, I, I got over there. Um, no kidding. September 8th, 2001 is was was my first day on the job still peace time for two more days. Um, And then all, then all hell broke loose and then spent the next from 2002 to 2008, I was in Afghanistan or Iraq at some point every single year. So I think the longest I was home with my wife in that entire time, I think was a a four month stretch between 2002 and 2008. We're just, we're just grinding just in and out, in and out. So that's kind of how it all started. I know that's way off the topic of everything in the world, but that's that's what do the the funny, not the funny, but the correlation to Bravo first of the three nineteenth. is so a Bravo battery. batteries, like you know, a hundred dudes. First of the three nineteenth is like six hundred and fifty dudes. Just a perspective. There's an alpha Bravo Charlie and a fox. Fox is kind of like your maintenance and dudes. um. When I got selected to be uh, a battalion sergeant major, the first unit I got was first of the 319th. So I got to go be the battalion command sergeant major of the first unit that I was a, a paratrooper in, in the 82nd Airborne Division. So I thought that was pretty cool. And and now I have, uh, now I get to be uh, the DeVorty Division Artillery Sergeant Major. So now I have uh, three battalions uh, the first battalion, second battalion, and third battalion, uh, 319th Airborne Field Artillery Regiments. Underneath, our headquarters so this is this is where i've been essentially all but not including deployments all but four years since 1999 so like we don't move you know we're not the we're we're not the standard army family moving around like this is this is what we do so but this is it this will be this will be the last thing i do in the united states army so I'll, I'll walk away just under just under 30 years and uh, open that next chapter and get another tax paying job.
0: Do you uh, so what do you wear? What's your do you have like a uniform proper uniform? yeah,
1: we wear just the standard OCP, but we wear the maroon beret. That's what that's what signifies us differently than the rest of the army. The maroon beret is is the headgear of the paratrooper. Um, and when we wear our dress uniforms, we don't wear dress shoes. We wear jump boots. So we are the only ones that wear a leather shined up leather boot in our dress uniforms uh with our berets. That's so sick. there's there's nothing there's nothing nothing more identifiable to who the hell you are than a, than a maroon beret.
0: Yeah, that's sick. I love maroon.
1: Yeah, it's an underused color.
0: <laughs> that's cool, man. Um right now. Yeah, I know we've talked about that before, but it's a lot of information, so it takes a little bit to digest. And you've had almost thirty-year career, so you've definitely and you every two years you're yeah. able to switch for the most part. What was your longest? Yeah, stru- up
1: until, you're able to switch up in the most part until you over ten years. That when you sign up the last time over ten years, you're you're in it what they call indefinitely. Oh. Okay. So you get to request to get out. They can say no well so, crazy yeah yeah they now, so, they
0: now got you like,
1: oh. yeah for sure they can <laughs> they can say no and I've, I've seen it i've seen it happen to people um but yeah i'm at 27 and a half right now uh if i don't get fired tomorrow this job will this job will take me out to 28 and a half and then i'm gonna i'm gonna have about eight months to a year to to transition out of the army and that is like doing all the medical, doing what they call now a career skills program. So before when you got out, you just got out like that was kind of on you. But now the, the, the army's built this internship program with tons of companies. Like if you want to learn to do HVAC repair, you want to do solar panel. You want to do um, project manager or warehouse manager. Like there's all these internships, Amazon, whatever. You can go do those your last uh, six to four months in the army um and that and they have a really good hire rate and that's because for a long time there was a lot of unemployment rate for veterans or people that got out if they, if they didn't retire there was a huge unemployment rate the army pays those unemployment benefits like i don't know if people realize that like that's coming out of army budget for unemployment benefits so Let's invest that money into career skills programs for, for people to transition and be successful versus transition and be a, a burden on society.
0: Yeah, it definitely helps if uh, they do that because you definitely are. It's a major transition, especially if you've been in the Army 20 years, routine, schedule, like, yeah, and then yeah. To go out into the world, you know?
1: Yeah, it's scary. Like, I'm going to we'll be a, a 48, 49 year old man and I got to go figure out. Who I am and what I'm gonna do. The, the benefit is I'll have a a 29 year retirement paycheck coming coming to me, which buys me freedom to do more of what I want to do versus what I have to do. Yeah. But I'm still only I'm still only gonna be 48, 49. I still need to go do something. Like you can't just sit around with with idle hands. You'll get you'll get real old real quick. You well, know. Yeah. So if you, don't,
0: if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So you gotta and get that's, the train going.
1: A lot of people just don't they don't do the transition well because the army has been, they've had blinders on. That's what they've done their entire careers. That's who they are. And I'll tell you what, first 21 years, I had the blinders on and that's who I was. But that, that device right there, when I picked it up and started pushing at, at 20 years in the army, um, that bought me my transition. Because now I've got a different culture, I understand, different group of people I hang out with, something different to focus on that keeps me active, it's like skateboarding taught me or reaffirmed the fact that I could still learn. Because there comes a point like, can, like, you just get so stuck in your ways, can you still learn? It's hard when you're 40 years old to admit that you're willing to learn from a 15-year-old kid and yeah. skateboarding that's easy oh man that kid can do that show me show me how show me the ways young jedi you know? <laughs> like i, I want to do what you're doing and just having that that different culture and that different group of of people that you can relate to away from the work environment i think that that really helps me plus like even just the youtube thing i didn't know how to film i didn't know how to edit man i didn't even know how to skateboard when i started my channel and how, how, and, old
0: you, how old's your channel
1: my channel will turn six years old in February.
0: Six, six years. So that's that's six
1: years. So I don't do anything right, right? I don't. Uh, I don't have an upload schedule. I don't uh, do trip trick tips. I don't do reviews. Um, I don't have a lot of awesome, <laughs> a lot of awesome tricks. But I just try and communicate like the process of what I'm doing and and the channel actually just hit 3,000 subscribers this week. So 3,000 people at some point in their life went, Oh man, I'm interested. I want to be a part of it. What does 3,000 really mean? It really means you got like six to 800 at any given time, right? Take your subscribers, cut that shit by about a third. That's really who's watching your videos. Now the rest of the people forgot. They subscribe. They'll pop in every now and then. Um,
0: Dude, but imagine it, imagine three hundred or six hundred people in a, in a room with you.
1: Oh man, I I have oh, you know yeah, the that's the part of the job. Like it's a lot, it's a lot of folks, right? But yeah. I just think it's cool that at some point, whatever it was, even if it was just for one video or one moment, three thousand people were interested enough to say, yeah, yeah, I want to see more. Hell yeah. You know, or hear. For me, I think it's hear more than uh, see more because. I like to narrate all the videos so people understand what the heck I'm doing. If I just put that shit up, like with just a song, people are like, "What is this guy doing?" <laughs> you know? So I gotta, I gotta add some narration.
0: That's one though. Like YouTube's a lot of personality-driven stuff, so it's cool. Like one it of my shit, fa- one of one of my favorite vloggers is Ben Gravy. He's a surfer and he just fucking okay. kills it. But he's very expressive and like, entertaining yeah, with his videos and like he puts a lot into it. You know,
1: for sure. And there's a lot of three in this because I don't. I don't monetize the channel. I don't, I don't sell anything like just sharing the experience. So like if I don't upload a video for a month, I don't, I don't feel terrible, but if I did monetize it or I was trying to make money off it at this point, I would, I would feel pretty bad if I didn't get something uploaded. Uh, because I'm not doing that. I can just really share that, that honest experience for what it is and be okay with it. Like, yeah, guys, I suck. And it's cool. Like, you know, I'm not like, I suck. I 10 shirts, you know. Subscribe, <laughs> I do that. subscribe. I so, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. So, you know, but it's a, uh, it's been great. Like I love the YouTube community, especially as an as an older skater. You have
0: like, a lo- you have uh, a lot more freedom if you don't focus on, especially when you're building a channel. You have a lot more freedom yeah. if you're not focused on monetizing it because you'll be able to figure out what you like to do and what works yeah. for you. It's a learning process. I've been, it's you
1: know, more it's more organic, you know. Yeah, and man. What I'd say is like the right people will find your channel, right? My channel is not going to be for, I've told people, man, like if you came here for great skateboarding, you're on the wrong fucking channel, like this is, this is just my adventure. You can be a part of it or not, you know? Uh, but the right people, they come in and that community for me as, as an over 40 skater, like that's my, that's my skate crew. Those are the people that inspire me and motivate me to, to keep getting out there and keep sharing it because they're interested, you know? And, yeah, dude, and there's a lot it. of people out there with those channels.
0: We got a bunch of older rippers and this up here that rip, Gene, Tom, and a bunch of these dudes, Jason, they all just like full-time jobs, families, and they're 50 going on 60 just like still at the skate jams, hanging out, still uh, supporting the skate brands, like watching all the videos, like they skate, (laughs) they enter the jams. We even do like an old man jam uh, at the edge over, I think it's 40 and over or 30 and over maybe. Can't what our I'd love to is. do.
1: I'd love to do a competition, but the old men crush it, and the kids will kick my ass. So, yeah. like, I'm in that bucket of. I need the the newbie category, not the age category. Well,
0: so the way I usually do it is like um, the entry fees will usually donate to something, or like uh, give to the winner or something. That way, yeah. it's just like if you show up, it goes towards skateboarding. You know, nice. Like nice. The money goes right back into it. So yeah. So the skate jam is more about just showing up and putting in effort and doing the best you can do, you know, or oh, yeah. usually for a good cause, you know? Yeah. Which is the best. Um, cause like it takes away all that pressure of having to be Nyjah Houston out there. Cause skate right. jams don't have to be like, I love it's weird. Cause there's so, there's so many different levels to it. I've done uh all girls division done. I think we did over 30, maybe over 40. We did uh, AMG, uh, Fall Brawl Am. We did like a full amateur contest for like eight years. That was gnarly. Like some of the best skaters on the East Coast just come to an indoor park and we just put on loud fucking music, have some like sick judges like Donnie Barley, Brandon Westgate, no. like, OG pros, uh, and just fucking watch dudes destroy yeah. that's, sick. that's sick. I've done every type of jam, even like uh, yeah. little demos. I remember we used to do tons of demos back in the day with uh,
1: – are you the MC? Are you on? Are you on the mic?
0: Yeah, a lot of the times I am yeah. now, Nowadays, actually, I'm doing one tomorrow. Tomorrow we're driving nice. to um, Balthazar's Ice Shack, which is my lady's father's business slash house in New Hampshire. It's right on the base of uh, Mount Sunapee, the like snowboard mountain nice. out there. Beautiful out there, and he's got an ice cream shack where he cook. Him and his lady cook hot food and ice cream, and then. And they built up their whole yard to be like for hosting and they have a a river that runs to the back a lake right there. right there there's this little metal skate park out there it's like 10 minutes from where he lives too so um yeah we've just been doing it for a few years i just invite all the people that i skate with um and their families like all the skate lessons and the groms and then the amateurs the pros like everyone who's involved with the brand and um just drive like two hours to the to the woods in new hampshire and we we skate that skate park. It's like a little fun. It's not like a really that good of a skate park, but it's a whole yeah. fucking blast because it's just there, like there's always something there.
1: good at every park. And that's yeah. one thing I learned. The first the first couple of years I was traveling a lot. I was in Texas. I was in Korea. I was in a lot of places, and I found like. I haven't found a park. I couldn't find one thing interesting on yet. And sometimes that's all you need is one thing. You just do a little jam on, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, this one, this one has like a decent skate park, but it's not like what you think of a modern skate park. It's definitely New Hampshire, the middle of New Hampshire. Someone built like a metal ramp skate park. Nice. It's it's surprisingly so fun. So we do that. And then after the jam, we give out some prizes. I got to pack up my PA system tonight. And then, uh, I'll usually MC the jams, and I, I'm bringing some boards and wheels and grip tapes to give out for nice. prizes. And uh, so we do the skate jam, and then we head back to Balthazar's, which is my father, uh, my lady's yeah. father's business. And we light up fireworks and eat ice cream and hang out. Nice. Because this whole place is set up for just hanging out, and we camp there for the night. So yeah, uh, we that's s- sick. Everyone sets up tents at uh, the business in the for in the woods near the water. Sick, man that's gnarly and we light off a shit ton of fireworks like a couple hundred dollars worth of fireworks in the parking lot it's like oh wild. shit it's sick it's just like a full show and then yeah. they number them like one through like 20 or whatever and then you just have to light one on a, one one firework off at a time you know the kids that's love wild. it. it's so sick man it's just everyone hanging out into the night and like just bunch of people are, and they keep the shack open. So there's food and ice cream and stuff. So
1: just throwing all the groms in, in the van and taking them down there.
0: Or? Uh, I, I'm taking some of them, uh, but some of them are driving up with their family and stuff. They, okay. uh, they like Elijah's rolling yeah. up with his dad. Cause they love camping together. Like, um, my friend, Mike, who uh, has a small skate brand out here called vulture crew, he's bringing his daughters and he usually rolls up and skates the jam with us and stuff, Nice, oh, dude. um, Speaking of another legendary older Ripper guy, Mike Rip.
1: I've been talking to uh, our USO rep here at now. It's no longer Fort Bragg, Fort Liberty. Um,
0: Why i talked to him about
1: trying name? to. There was a there was a mandate from Congress that we had to change all names from Confederate names to non Confederate names. So every every military base that had a Confederate name uh, had to change. It's just just uh, you know Congress doing their thing. But we're the only, the cool, here's the cool thing about Fort Liberty. We are now the only army base not named after a person. So they went through a million names, right? And they're like, this guy and this, this you know, Medal of Honor recipient or this first African-American four-star general. And they went through all these names and they are having a lot of debate about it. And and uh, a gold star mom, which is a mom who who lost her uh, son or daughter in combat, was in one of these meetings, and she stood up and she said, "Hey, uh, my kid, my kid didn't die for somebody's name; she died for liberty." And they went, "Amen." Liberty. Yeah. Fucking stomp the fucking table, and so <laughs> we are now we are now for liberty. So give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. You know. So it's pretty. it's pretty cool. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's weird because Bragg is such a part of my life, and I think Fort Bragg, home of the 82nd Airborne Division, is so much bigger than the name it's associated with. No one even considers the the founding of that name or where it came from. Um, it's hard for me because I I've, I've been a part of it for so long. But the next generation, it, it'll be liberty to and them, they- and it'll it'll be what they make it.
0: And they must have named it after him for after him for a reason, like here in the title of or whatever. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So a lot of a lot of bases got changed. So it's it's just where we're at right now. Uh I'm unemotional about it, but let's see. Let's see what the next generation uh, what history they build with, with for Liberty.
0: I like having you an know. ideal to aim at. Liberty's a good one instead of aiming Liberty's, at like uh yeah. said. Like that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's more of an argument.
1: idea. Yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's an ideal. It's, it's good... something
0: to strive for. You strive towards yep. liberty. Liberty, we're striving yep. towards liberty.
1: Right, that's what we're doing. So I don't hate it. But What was I going to say? Liberty. Well, I'm talking to the USO rep here at Fort Liberty. Uh, he's a pretty good dude. And we're I was talking to him, figuring out how we can put on a, a skate competition. There's so many paratroopers that skate. Like when I'm at the parks, I bump into people all the time. So I think it'd be cool to put on a, a USO skate jam. That's um, really cool. And maybe, you know, so, cause we have a, we have a cement park on, on our, uh, on the fort. So, uh, my last video I did was actually at that park. I don't skate it a lot until recently. I started skating it more just cause I, I was going to our downtown park and I was just doing the same shit over and over again. I was like, I need to break it up. Like, I just got to get out of my, out of my routine, you know? Cause I don't have that consistency. I'll go there and I'll do the things I'm supposed to know how to do, but then I fight through them the whole time. And the next thing I know, two hours gone by and I'm doing the same shit I always yeah. do. Yeah. So I was like, I just wanted to go, go to the, the Liberty park. It's called Cleland, Cleland skate park. It's on, on Fort Liberty and just like try and break it up. And if nothing else, there's, there's some higher ledges uh, to pop onto. And I feel like I lost a lot of pop, not just because I'm old, but because I'm not exercising it. So even just doing those type of things, I like how, um, I
0: like how you said not better... because I'm old. <laughs> yes, not, not just totally because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, but if if
1: you're not like you said, if you're not using it, you, you're gonna lose it. So Don't just there and
0: don't use your age as an excuse.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, so it's I think it's important to like any any fitness program you have, if you do the same workout all the time, you, your body's gonna become accustomed to that fitness program and you're not gonna see results. You got to you got to cycle it. So right now I'm cycling my skate park over to Take Cleveland just to clear my head. Plus a lot of, a lot of the homies I used to ride with, they just recently moved away, you know, so there's still a couple guys there, but the core group is kind of split and And I don't blame them. They're, they're 24 to, to 30 year olds that are, you know, finding their way through life. Like we all did at that age, you know, yeah. they can't hang out forever with the old guy and and pump the bowl. So um, I get it. You know, it's just a bummer. This is my third, third, I like to call it my third generation of friends. Right. So yeah. I started in El Paso and I had all the El Paso locals that really brought me in the circle when I started pushing around, trying to learn how to Ollie and fifty-fifty, And then I went to Korea and I had all the other. You know, um, service members that skated, we kind of built a little travel crew. And we just went and, and just found every damn park we could in South Korea. And then I came here and I had this group, and now now they're gone, but another group will come. Like, they know where to find me. I'm at the, I'm at the park. You know, I'm trying to get tricks somewhere.
0: Dude, you sound like me, man. I was like that for a long time. <laughs> I cycled yeah. through, I had like multiple skate teams. I'm on my like yeah. second generation. I got the Groms now. It was started yeah. with like Billy and Goonin. And then, uh, Timmy and Derek, and then, so then they all turned pro and now I kind of have another flow team coming up of all the grounds. Oh, yeah. It's just doing a little
1: Stacy Peralta thing. You just build them up, man.
0: Yeah. We got some amateur kids ripping yeah. right now. I got Jacob Jensen, Jacob Hammond. We got, um, uh, my friend, Steven, Steven rips. He actually was in the army too, for a little bit. He didn't have that great of an experience,
1: but yeah, I saw his He was on the podcast, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, but he, actually, I just seen him today. He was like roofing uh, at one of the. Businesses near where I was pressing skateboard graphics. I was going hard today and getting yeah. boards out the door, but he came and just stopped in and visited me and I was talking to him and hanging out for a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, no, I'll tell you what, man, the army has been like great opportunity for me. Like it's, like I said before, it's going to allow me to go do what I want to do when I get out versus what I have to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, not, a, not awesome. everyone has that. Not everyone has that experience, but it really is like any other job. It, it, it's what you make of it, you know? Yeah, totally. So, and I, at the end of the day, what are you trying to do? Like trying to do what you signed up for and you're, and you're trying to feed your family. So like go hard or, or go hungry. You know, I don't care what your job is.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's the same as skating too. It's like uh, some people do it a lot and other people don't do it as much, you know? Yeah. It's like
1: all all my free time goes to it. I love it. Love it. We got this thing's getting this thing's getting worked.
0: Dude, the nose is looking like it's been shredded. Nice.
1: That's what the that's what that flat nose is for, right?
0: Killing it. Yeah. Killing it. You gotta use it. You got a good front uh, nose, man. Front nose is one that you have to well, maybe not for everyone, but for me, I gotta like practice it and be doing a lot of front nose to get them good. It's not like an easy one for me.
1: What I haven't what I haven't learned is to Ollie into it. Like I'm faking it. Like I'm slapping into it essentially every time.
0: Yeah, but so I, don't I, get, even uh, think I learned that. I think I just that, learned to Ollie in. I that's what's giving me
1: the that's what's giving me the control is it's a slappy motion and even even on the last video there's a, a much higher ledge and i might have popped a little bit but my mindset is i'm just gonna slap you into it so i'm that still doing sense. the same thing yeah so but yeah i don't know i just like it it's uh it's funny it's become my go-to warm-up trick because if you get to slide backwards at 46 you're kind of winning so yeah. i was you know, it's just like it, i don't have. i can go to the park I don't have to pop. I don't have to do anything. But now I'm getting my shoulders moving, getting my hips moving, getting my knees moving, getting my balance about me. I can control whatever speed I want on that trick. So it's kind of a nice warm-up trick. And then I can go into the beating the hell out of myself on on the next trick. Do <laughs> you, know?
0: you like some punishment?
1: Oh, man, I don't want the punishment. But I, I got to learn something. Like, I've been doing the same tricks for so long. I've been – I've probably – like this is no bullshit. I've probably done three thousand attempts at tray flips in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah, good to hear. And hit. it's good
1: it's, it's it's fucking killing me because it's right there at any moment. My my feet are gonna stick to that board. And I'm gonna roll away. Like at any moment. But it just, it's just that far away every time.
0: You got to go back to your, you got to go back to your push standing still. So yeah. set up for your push, put your front foot on and go straight up and hold your balance and find your center of balance for your push. Then yeah. turn, turn sideways, get your feet nice and wide and start to find that tray flip with the front foot and the back. So
1: foot. The, the flip is all happening perfectly. To my front side and slightly back, so my back foot is landing on my front bolts.
0: So you're ahead of it.
1: I'm ahead of it. Are, you I, gotta to lean. are I gotta you... I gotta get. I gotta get my back seat a little more.
0: You probably gotta stand up a little more, push it out in front of you. You do gotta that. always work on your pop, P- ollie up things. That's how yeah, you're I gonna do. sharpen the timing on the pop, and you'll get the drag nice and quick. So. Hell yeah. i always practice that because. 360 flip is just a basically a snappy ollie because you got to hit right on the right. center of the tail and you got to have that front foot set up yeah. so that you can spread your legs and let it happen, you know.
1: And I'm trying to learn it on an eight seven five, right? I, I could go to a smaller board, but I'm I've made the decision that this is what I'm skating. How like big? this is what's
0: this... your what's your size? What are we talking? What's your build? This is what... No, you, like, what, like Oh, me?
1: I'm I'm 70 inches, which is 5'10", um, 200 pounds with a size 11 and a half shoe.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: So I'm super comfortable on this board. Like, okay. I like it. I want to get all my tricks on this board. Uh, I've tried going super light on boards, like a flight deck with magnesium trucks, and that's almost too light. The board gets away from me because I don't have the control. I like a little bit of heft because – I can manipulate the board a little, a little bit better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, like I don't too. have
1: finesse. I don't finesse anything. I'm gonna fucking power. It. That's why heel flip is like the best trick for me because all I have to do is pop it and fucking ninja kick the shit out of it, and it's gonna go down. I don't have to think about it.
0: So yeah. what I was gonna say is, so when you go from your push, you find your center of balance, front foot on the on the board, and you go straight up and you hold it standing still. That's control. Once you just stand on the board with one foot, like just off to the side and you can hold it, then you can swing your hips onto it and find out, keep your toes and heels on. And with the tray flip, set up for your tray flip, standing still, and just lean into the front and lift your back foot up as much as you can to where it's almost not off the board and hold that for as long as you can. Find your tray flip and kind of lean right into the front. You'll build a muscle. You'll build a muscle in that front leg that will help you explode up from there so you can really get the tray flip. You just got to – you got to find your tray flip and hold it in a stationary position as long as you can. Do that. One, thing, know, one thing I'm
1: noticing is I'm not flicking my front foot because I'm just trying to do it in the scoop, but I'm yep. trying to get it out of the way, and I'm getting it out of the way a little too violently, where it's opening my shoulders, mm. and I need to, I have to think about it every time to to not do that. I have to close my shoulders to to get it over the board. Yeah, it's kicking the shit. I mean, you can on the last video you can see. I, don't know, I think I put like ten attempts in there of where I'm at on it. And like, it's just it's just one of those things. The only way to learn it is to go do it. And yeah. Like once I land one and I feel that one, then I'll know. Yeah, uh, that's how I was. I worked on heel flips for holy shit, uh, probably two years before I got my first heel flip. But I never went all in like this. Um, I was just throwing them around sporadically, and then I got heel flip on the bank first bank to fakie not up and over the bank then i got over the bank and then i got fakie fakie heel on flat yeah but it took me it took me two years to go from fakie heel on flat to regular heel flip on flat and it was all because of that backseat position the bank puts me on that back seat position the fakie puts me in that backseat position but when i went forward i was getting ahead of it yeah so when i, I went regular so you-
0: you probably got to lean into your front foot a lot more when you're when yeah. you're holding your tricks. So if you practice, because that'll force you to lean forward and plant into it, and you'll be able to go up from there. If you're going up too back, too yeah. so much in the back, it's it's going to be hard to keep it under you. That's what a lot of yeah. it is, is just trying to figure out how to keep the trick under you, centered For sure. under you. So it's like... Yeah, um, that's... That trust the heavy. battle. Yeah, that's trust why the, the, the ollie is so good, because if, if you can find your center with an ollie and be able to ollie <laughs> up stuff... In ollie, that's the same for the kickflip. The tray it starts to yeah. spread out a little wider, but it all starts from the ollie, which stems from the push, right? The push, ollie, 180s, 360s. for sure. Kickflips, yeah. On the um flip just getting my flip.
1: just getting my feet set in general between tricks has always been challenging. On the on last video, I did a backside nose slide off the drop ledge into a bank, straight to a bank on the heel or a heel flip on the bank to fakie, and like those are the tricks I do, but that was the first time i put them together that quickly.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: but that, that took a long time just to like, man, the that, that 200 pounds, like it's hard to move on the grip tape. Sometimes when I land, I'm like, Oh, I made it. I'm so excited. I made it. I can't readjust. Yeah. Uh, and that was the first one I was able to readjust, but it all comes down to board time. And like, I get to skate Saturdays at best, you know? So it's hard to learn anything if you're skating, one full weekend a month or every Saturday or every other Saturday when you, when you can't skate during the week, man, like the biggest advice I give to anybody that's starting is make, make time during the week. It's the one thing I can't do. And it's the reason I have to relearn everything I just did last week, this week, Yeah, you know, because I just, I can't keep with it, but I don't give a shit at the end of the day. I'm out there. I'm getting it. It's, it's fun. Like, I don't, I don't It'll, land anything. I don't land anything. If I get some shit, I'm I'm excited.
0: Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, you know, it's that's pretty u- sick. That's usually like, um, maybe like a Friday. If you go to Fridays at the edge, it's sick because everyone's just worked all week and they just want to skate. You know, get yeah. once a once a week maybe like they and they, they get hyped. It's good to have a good yeah. crew, good crew at this at the skate uh, parks and stuff too.
1: Yeah. And I'm in that transition right now with, with, like I said before, with with the no crew, which is, which is fine. Actually historically when I've had those gaps has been some of my best progression. Um, but I like to skate with people. I don't always just focus in on stuff, but when I'm skating by myself, I have no problem trying the same thing for three hours. I have zero problem with that when I'm skating by myself. So some of these lulls and, in the you know skating with the dudes or not some of these lulls kind of give me a a better progression because i can really just put all my effort in and not just be the weird guy that spent on that ledge for three hours you know (laughs) so nobody nobody wants to do that to me so they all want to skate all around skating
0: skating alone is a different experience i like it i used to skate by myself all the time when i was younger it was the best to just go out and be like i'm gonna go fucking. Sometimes I wouldn't even, I would skate hard, but I would just be working on my emotions, you know, by myself. Yeah. Just out Yeah. It the
1: clears, clears that. You can't think about anything else when you're, when you're really skating. Like that's, yeah. that's all your thought, you know, is, yeah. you know, that just clears the mind and then those, those pauses or breaks between, you know, catching your brother That's where you're like, you get some clarity in your life. And then, I mean, if you look at the greats, Mullen wasn't skating with anybody you know he's in a barn in florida on a fucking eight (laughs) by ten piece of cement you know he figured all that shit out so maybe there's something to it you know so
0: you need both you need both people are awesome you do it's the best people are awesome
1: because they push you to do things you weren't thinking about you know it changes your lens so it gets you get you unstuck um quite a bit there's a guy thaddeus i skate with uh, down at the Rowan Park, and we just had a little, small little clip where we, he, I did front side, no side, and he did backside on the same ledge together. Like that's cool, right? Like just having those moments and battling it together, and and getting it. He got the, really the best trick though, because I I missed one, so my board was sitting by the ledge, right? And then he just he Went was doing it. front, yeah, he, he but he front he shoved over it, and, oh. and like kept on rolling. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so so I'm like. I didn't get the trick, but he got a cool ass clip. You know? Yeah, you got to
0: take those opportunities and when they come. You can't miss them. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was sick. But oh man, I love this shit. And you know the YouTube thing. This is this has been a great experience. Just like I said before, just learning new things and proving you learn new things. And like you said, not you have more freedom when you're not trying to monetize things. Yeah. Um, when I get out of the army, like I want to start different channels. Like I want to, I want to do different things. I will never, I don't think monetize my skateboarding channel because I don't ever want to feel like work, but yeah. there's other things I definitely want to do. And and man, going, coming up on six years of YouTube, I, I get it. Like I've learned so much about this whole platform and this whole world. And I know all the things I'm doing wrong, uh, for this channel. If I was trying to make it successful, uh, and I would, I, I really hope that I'm in a position where I can, put more effort towards that than another career. I'd like to have a job versus a career when I'm done with the army. I don't think I have enough emotional energy for another career. Definitely like to have a job. Um, yeah, Amen, brother. I want to, I want to, sl- I want to sleep at night. Right. If, you, if I go all in on a whole nother career, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. I get um, you. just like I've been lucky. I've been uh, married to the same woman for, for 27 years. Like I owe her some time, you know, when this is all over. So, a career uh, a job versus a career would be a lot a lot better but can i go out and make different content whether youtube is the platform at that time or not who knows but i i want to get out there and i want to help other people tell their stories because i think that's that's the sickest shit like everybody's got a story to tell and i want to tell other people's stories
0: yeah it's super super rewarding even if you're getting paid or not it's just rewarding to like connect with people and share stories and build a platform yeah. and like network and make some friends and encourage each other. Right. It's like, uh, um, right. we're definitely fortunate to have this stuff as much as it's trying to kill us. The technology.
1: <laughs> you know, Social media in general will, it, it, if you take it personally and, and things don't go well, it, it can, it can beat you up mentally. But if you just take it for an opportunity a grain of salt and you can, you can have a lot of fun with it. And then if you go, all in with the right plan, you can make a whole life out of it, you know? So it's, it's, it's interesting that the same thing that, you know, can just bring you down to the lowest point of depression can also, you know, be the thing that, that drives you to continue progressing, you know, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I'm going to, I'm going to open this box, man. Cause I've been waiting. Yeah. I bought this, I ordered this stuff from you, I think a month ago and I've had this box for three weeks.
0: Shout, shout out to Peter James Glenn, yeah. the, the artist Peter James Glenn. He did this. Yeah. This is the original wartime series, and we put it on shape decks, right, Ant?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah. So you don't you don't put these decks on your on your website, they gotta be specially requested, right? But yeah. that 8.75 flat nose, that's that's what I've been riding with the with the all I need grip.
0: Yeah, the flat Just, nose I don't
1: know. I don't know what grip you're using, but I like it. Yeah. So. Sick, man. Sick. So it's,
0: it's like a Jessup. So I, in I my... grew up jess Jessup grip tape. So I got like a grit that's similar to like the classic. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the reason I like bought all these boards is you, you've known me long enough. I fucking like to try a, a million different boards, and because yeah. I'm trying a million different boards, I think it slows down So my progression is I have to relearn the new board as much as the new trick or the old trick. So that's, I like said, a I'm, thing, I'm,
0: that's a thing in itself. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. So I said, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to get, uh, you know, four in a row. And I'm going to like, this is going to be my board until, until, you know, we figure something else out or I or I buy more. Okay, so I've had yeah. this one. And I was like, "Let's do three more." So I'm gonna, I'm gonna open this up.
0: I think that, I think that flat nose eight seven five. If people do buy boards from the site, uh, you can definitely request that the flat nose. We have the the pointed one, but you have the actual flat nose one. So
1: yeah, I use the flat nose. I haven't tried the pointed nose one. I know you just got to put it in the, uh, the the comments or the what do you call it, the remarks. The cu-
0: yeah, there's a customer notes. So you can just request it. Yeah, and I can put a lot of the graphics on that board too. So if there's a specific graphic, like I can do that, you know. And I will yeah, get it on. I will get it online eventually. I I uh. Just been so busy with everything. It's been crazy. Those are the
1: conversations you and I have when I'm like, "Hey, I want to do more of the the flat nose, but like, can I do this graphic? Can I do that graphic?" And you're like, "Yes, that one's been tested. No, that one's too short." I'm like, "Okay, cool."
0: I sell, I just sold some of those flat noses to Narragansett Beer. They put uh crush it on quint, crush it like quint on yeah. some of those flat noses, and they given them out to their vendors. So
1: hell yeah! All right, let's see what's first. Move the microphone a little bit.
0: Oh hell yeah!
1: All right, we got a gray.
0: These boards are coming out gray of the USA. The the boards are from the USA. They're made in Maine.
1: Oh, and what's the first one? It's yours. <laughs>
0: Did you notice it's got the green wood grain? I've never done that one either. That's a one-off.
1: Oh man, that's sick! On yeah. the bottom where the on shed- the bottom, shed- yeah, right yeah. there. We left. Yeah. A,
0: usually, we just do like the the like. It's like almost like a white, just a natural wood grain. But I had some green veneered ones, and I was like, "Oh, this will look sick."
1: That's sick. Fucking um, microphone.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like. The microphone just crushing stuff, and I was like, put some tanks and uh, yeah. some planes in there, like full wartime, like sirens and.
1: Uh... But I think it's cool because like the wartime series, but like when I think of the microphone in wartime, I think of Robin Williams, right? Yes. you still have that DJ in every in every war, right? Who's the sound of the war,
0: totally. right? Totally. And that's the whole concept was wartime. We're going to war for skateboarding. It was like, and we started the podcast, started the podcast to like talk about skateboarding. Yeah. Cause I, I really like when I started, all I needed was my mission to like, keep the hope alive. Cause I lost my sponsors and I was just like, I want to keep this going and it's going to take a lot of work. So it's going to be like, feel like a war, you know, because the the things you want to build and keep in your life, they're worth fighting for, you know, like,
1: for sure
0: yeah like otherwise your life will get if you don't take control of it someone else will you know so it's like hard to do that it's all yeah. constant struggle
1: yeah you can't yeah. leave you can't leave room for negativity to come in you gotta you gotta fill that gap
0: you gotta hang on to yeah. the things that help you grow that bring you that are beneficial to you so like even if it's oh, a yeah. sim- simple thing that gets you your heartbeat beating like a skateboard it's like worth hanging on to and going to war for what's i the just love thing? the
1: idea i just love the idea of like what goes into a board graphic because we're going to destroy it. So the book, right? Disposable art. That just makes so much sense to me. Like yeah. here's this beautiful thing. I'm buying this graphic because it's rad so I can destroy it and go buy another one.
0: Skate like, that's insane, right?
1: <laughs> All right. How about this one here? This yes. is sick. The that's dove a- piece, right? The piece on the on the helmet. I think that's kind of like go back to, to Vietnam, kind of that. Okay, I'm doing what I have to do, but, like, man, it should be nice if I didn't have to. Um, totally. But, you know, the, the a lot of people think, you know, the Army's job is just to go kill everyone. It's not. The, the job is to be ready, deter, and if deterrence fails, go fucking fight and win, right? But deterrence is always the first first goal, and that doesn't work when you jump out of airplanes behind them and stab them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so I, like, I like this because this is just, like, this is what I thought of when I was joining the Army, you know, like, ah, oh, I'm going to be that guy.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> but
1: then, ever, but then paratroopers didn't have mustaches.
0: <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> yeah, that's a go- Corey Gunin pro model, and he's about to have a baby um, any day now.
1: So are you? So are you? We're definitely gonna hit that up.
0: November, November for now. Yeah. Goonan's lady actually could go, like, give birth any day now. Like, they're a little yeah. bit ahead. They're ahead of us. All right.
1: And then this one, I bought the popsicle version of. For the Timmy, but I gave it away on the channel.
0: Oh, that's so right. Now I've
1: got, so now I've got this one. Damn, that... So this is sick because I don't know if you know this. Almost all my tattoos have gas masks on them.
0: What? Can you show so, us one? Yeah. Can I, give me a yeah. Little... yeah, Timmy Knuth rips, and he's like a destroyer. Like he's a wartime soldier. Oh, what? That's way so sick. That's like,
1: so that's from the transplants, which is Tim Armstrong and Travis Barker's. Then okay. even I like, can't see this one, but like even my like, Grim Reaper pulling this dude into the gas, he's wearing a gas Sick. mask. <laughs> and then, and then I got this smooth criminal right here wearing a gas mask.
0: What dude, full sleeve too, nice!
1: Yeah, so like almost all my. Shit, oh, I've got myself. Man, how do I show this? Here we go. No, no, that's not it.
0: Route 66,
1: rotate. There you go. Oh man, oh, that was a <laughs> that's a terrible view. But I got so gas mask, tie on the head,
0: with the skateboard, old
1: fucking, <laughs> old fucking bone skateboard. Is there a skull?
0: Loose. Skull on
1: there? M- M4 weapon. Damn It's the ripper! It's the ripper coming out of the skateboard.
0: <laughs> Sick, <laughs> dude! Hell yeah, Ant. that's dope.
1: So, so I'm stoked to have a uh, four sets of the of the uh, you know four in a row. It's gonna keep me honest with my progression. <laughs> so i'm stoked on that
0: hell yeah so we
1: got some art got some art now
0: um timmy timmy knuth is like when that board was coming around he had like i think he had already kickflip crooked hollywood 16 which is a no it was like groundbreaking for that time and uh he's just like a skate destroyer so we give him like the atomic nuclear war like gas mask like he's just that's his attitude and gunan definitely is like a soldier from vietnam like he was more like that when he was younger just kind of rebel against the system, kind of like a little resentment in there about whatever, you know, you you know, that's
1: the thing about the Americans, uh, American public, right? Ah, we're going to have our disagreements, but then day, when it comes time to go do it, we're going to go do it. You know, like that's the job. I'm going to go do the job. Regardless of how I feel about it emotionally, this is the task. I'm going to go knock out the task. Um, that's been, that's how we got our Liberty. right? So yeah, yeah. it's pretty gnarly, but I'm stoked. It's a, It's been a good ride so far. I'm going to keep going. I am, uh, I am going to get some shoulder surgery soon, so Which that's going to take, that's going to, well, actually I need full replacement on both,
0: Wow! but
1: I'm going to, I'm going to do my left shoulder first, see how I heal out. I can live with the pain. I'd like to not live with the pain. So I'm going to see how, see how the left heals out before I do my dominant arm. Cause I don't want to go do my dominant arm and, and, and it doesn't work out. Well, it doesn't heal up. Right. So I want to build some confidence with my left arm. If that makes any sense first, you know, go from that, there.
0: What was, what was it that did it or that does it? It's just,
1: it's just wear and tear. Like there's not a single vent like all the, all the tendons and all the muscles are good. The, the bone is on the bone. Like if there's nothing, there's no space left. So they're going to, you know, they've been just grinding against each other for years. year so. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna go straight Terminator with a fucking metal ball and a metal cup. Um, and the reason I'm, the reason I'm doing the metal is that's gonna allow me to keep doing the things I want to do. I'm gonna be able to to skate or surf when I retire. I wanna learn to win windsurf when I retire. It's gonna allow me to still be more active. But the downside is I'm gonna have to have it redone probably in my 70s because I'm gonna wear that shit out. Yeah. You know, it's just gonna grind on it. But You know, at first I said, no, I said no two years ago to it because at the time, the technology and what they had was, I was like, can I still do all the things I want to do? And they're like, no, you can swing a golf club. I was like, can I go slam on the concrete? And they're like, no, I was like, can I still jump out of airplanes? They're like, no, I was like, don't want it. So I've just been living, uh, with, with the limited mobility and the pain this entire time. And then I went back to get some shots and talk. It's like, Hey man, what about metal? And I was like, the uh, what about it? He's like, you can still do all the things. I was like, well, yeah, let's let's do that. So he's like, that'd... you want to
0: be a cyborg? We'll make you a cyborg. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the the hard part
1: for me is like, what am I gonna do in that in that time? Like skating's the thing that's kept me sane uh for for the last five, six years. If I can't do that, like I'm nice. gonna have to find different ways to integrate skating in in and maybe that's where I'm interviewing other skaters or just going to the park or doing whatever, but I don't I don't wanna have stale content, not for the purpose of content, but I I don't wanna lose I don't wanna lose the 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 people that I've been interacting with for the last five and a half years and all of a sudden I'm gone for six months. So I got, I got to figure that out because I'm not the kind of guy to like, go get a bunch of footage and hold him like, this is my next video. Dude, when you get a video from me, that's the last video. Like that's the last damn thing I did. I don't have, I don't have a bank of footage. I got whatever I got, you know, so I don't, <laughs> so I don't go get some new tricks. Like there's no fucking video. So now right now I do have a slappy video. I'm behind on editing just cause it's a lot. And it's me and my buddy Gavin. Uh we hit our slappy spot up. I built this most gnarly slappy board in the history of slappy boards. Like it's got the bones hardcore grip that's used for long boards. It's the um anti-hero 10 curb mammons. So it's got you know Moses, you know, standing there holding red curves.
0: That got, that then I got the, sick.
1: Yeah, and then I got the new slappy trucks on it. Um, I didn't do the inverted kingpin because there's still there's so much room still on those slappy trucks. You don't need the inverted kingpin. Um, but that, that board, that board was made to do nothing, but take paint off your fucking local curb. Like I fucking love it. It's fucking sick. I got to awesome. edit that one up. And then I went down to, I went down to St. Augustine, uh, in July and there's this guy, YouTube channel work for avocados, Michael Regan. And, uh, he's a, mostly a surfer, but he does skate and skates, uh, surf skate too. I went down there and caught a surf skate session with him. I don't know how good the footage is on that one. I need to go. I need to go look at it. I've been so busy since I came out of that that vacation time period. I really haven't had a chance to look at it. But that dude's awesome. That dude's awesome. He's usually, fucking sick. He, uh,
0: usually, if I sit on some footage for a little bit and I come back, I think the same thing, and then when I see it, yeah. I'm, always, I'm usually stoked on it again. I'm like, oh yeah, like.
1: So he was he was on a surf trip in so somewhere in South America South America. And like, he kind of overextended his welcome and he's like, oh man, I got to get a job and save money to go back. So he ended up like, he was like a licensed masseuse. So he's just like giving massages for like what any, anybody will pay him for anything. And he (laughs) said like, one day this lady just like came in with like this giant avocado, like, and it was like the first food he had had in like three days. And it's just this massive avocado. So that's why his channel is called Work for Avocados. So <laughs> I think it's he's sick, just a good dude. Um, yeah, Work for Avocados. Check that out. It's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, but well, that's but yeah, it. I was, I was, Maybe when you yeah. have maybe when you have downtime, that's you got to find find a new way to use the channel. You know, where you can do something involving it yeah. that like is fun and you like to do it for sure. So, expand so, yourself
1: so I've never done a shoe review and I should probably do a video on that. And the reason is I've skated the same exact shoe for the last three and a half years. Wow. I have skated nothing but the Tyshawn Adidas. That's it. (laughs) Um, I went through a little shoe madness when I first started. And then once I put that Tyshawn on, I own every colorway of Tyshawn that's ever come out in a size 11 and a half that I got my hands on.
0: Describe like your f- it, describe your feet to me. <laughs> Why do you like so
1: it? <laughs> it's, it's a it's a cup sole, right? And uh, I do like a cup sole. I don't need a lot of board feel. I'm not doing tech tricks. Like I need to be secure in my shoe more than I need to feel my board. Um, it's a it's a mid, and it's not that I need the ankle support. It's the the I have a very rounded. <laughs> you know, heel before it goes to my ankle and the mold kind of holds it on on my foot more than a regular shoe does. Okay. Um, because everything after everything, after the heel, the way it cups up and comes back to the ankle kind of secures that shoe uh, on me. And I hate getting a uh, snake bit by my board when it rolls back and fucking bounces on your fucking ankle. Oh, yeah. So like, I just like having that little bit of extra protection I'm not yeah. using it for the support. Sometimes I don't even lace the top too. I just like to have it the way it feels and fits on my foot and they're durable as shit. Like it is the most durable shoe in the world. Like it's a fuck. That's what sold me. I kept watching all these guys when they first came out, they're skating them and they're skating them. And like, I'm watching all their videos and they're not changing their shoes out as often. So I started asking them like, Hey, what are you skating now? Man, Tyshon's? like, how long you been on it? And they're like four weeks. Like usually these guys are running through shoes every two weeks. And I was like, all right, let me, let me try this out. And then the last two pairs, I went to the leather ones, like instead of the suede and like, I'm sold on that, that white leather. Like that, that shit works all right for me.
0: Is it narrow so, or wide, wider? Which it's a
1: narrow shoe. It's a narrow shoe. You got one right here. Hold on. Blah. Clash like on. Those ones are fresh. Yeah. Those so, are just
0: chiller ones though. You're not skating those ones
1: yet. No, I've been skating these for two, three sessions, I think. Nice. This is the light. It's bright in here, so it's making them look better than they need to. Look extra um,
0: wild. extra wild. But like this
1: part of the shoe is tall and I do have a tall midfoot, so that fits That fits good. And then kind of what I said with the heel, see how it kind of comes up and then in. Yeah. So like my heel's back here, but then I'm still secure up here. And this is all memory foam inside here, so it locks, here, in, so it it locks, locks your, you in.
0: It locks your nubby heel in there. Right. <laughs>
1: and like I've never, never had an issue with any of their uh, sole, so... No, no, I just like the Tyshawn. Just works, it just works for me. I'm like, Excellent. now I'm like scared to try other shoes because what if they just suck and it's just a waste of money and I lose my tricks? So I just keep buying the same shoe. I get it's that. funny because I have all this board madness, but I have no shoe madness at
0: all. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. So. It's great when you find a shoe that you're like, this works, this is exactly it. <laughs> so, yeah, hold to it. It's, yeah, fun. It's, it's fun getting new shoes, though. I'm not going to lie. It is.
1: Like, I see shoes all the time. I'm like And, like, I there's some low tops that I would love to skate, but I've never. The only low top I skated that I had good sessions in was the um the S Swift 1.5s 1. 1. or 2.5s. Anyways, it was an S Swift. And that's the shoe I learned manuals and everything else in because I had super wiggly ankles and everything. You know, like, oh, man, this is great. Um, but my, I was tired. My feet were tired. I was beat to death. I was riding the train to the, to the skate parks in South Korea. I'm walking all day. I'm skating all day and my feet are just beat. And then once I put the Taishans on, like my feet weren't tired anymore. So I was like.
0: Not to change the subject, but what are the skate, what are the skate parks like in Korea?
1: Oh man, there's, I got a whole playlist of skate parks in Korea. In South Korea, even on my channel, if you go to the About page, yep, there's a uh, there's a Google map that'll show you every skate park in South Korea. Right. So like, I found that from a Korean while I was out there, and that's what my me and my buddy used to go find all the parks. So they're mostly wood fab parks. When we were leaving, uh, the Incheon park, which I have two videos for, was the first full cement U.S. style park built. But it's it's bit sick. It's amazing. Um a lot of the kids out there are rollerblade. So, like there's a lot of big quarters and shit where they're doing like triple flips and fucking just <laughs> gnarly shit that I'll never understand.
0: A lot of the Korean you know? kids are into rollerblading.
1: Dude, it they my heart. are hard. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of skaters out there too, but like the parks are built for like they look like they're built for BMX and rollerblade. Um, but they've got great wood bowls. Like the wood bowl, there's two wood bowls I loved, one in Incheon and one in uh Dongpan. And like I'll go hard on a wood bowl. Like if I go back and watch my bowl videos from Korea, I'm way better of a bowl skater than I am now because I'm willing to take some slams on some wood. I'm just gonna hit and slide. The concrete out of here will change your life. So yeah. you know, but I man, I I really enjoyed all my time in, in South Korea. It's sick. They did there's one in Chuchon, and it's where they did the Korean X games. And like, me and my buddies went there and skated that park. That video is called All My Friends Are Rad because they're all way better skaters than me. And that was kind of, like, the last wrap-up video before I left South Korea. And that park was just insane from foam pits to giant ledges, huge quarters. Like, you're, like, you're, like, in a stadium just surrounded by, like, 12-foot, you know, fur drop-ins, you know, all the way around. And then just park in the middle. It's just so sick.
0: Yeah, that's full BMX, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But... But it's, uh, it's just rad. I, I loved, I loved my time skating in South Korea. Cause we were just, we were skate park hunting for the whole year. Like that's what we did. You know, when I first got there, there I was coming out of the, the Sergeant Majors Academy, which is a year long school. And, uh, I'm going free, Korea and a dude hits me up. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be in Korea too. Uh, I'll skate with you. And I was like, Oh, cool. Classmate didn't know him the whole time I was in the class, but he was watching this when I started the channel. So he's watching the channel. And I get to, I get to Korea and I meet Norm and Norm doesn't even have a skateboard. Like, I was like, thought you're going to skate. He's like, I'm just going to travel with you. So you ain't got to do it alone. I was like, oh, that's cool. Within three weeks, Norm had a board. Now he's getting after it. And then we found some other guys and some other guys. And next thing you know, we're just like six dudes just traveling every single place we can find in Korea, uh, with a skate park. And it's just, that was the best. That was the best. I like fucking loved every minute of it.
0: That's like so, that's what I like about street skating is you explore the city, like looking for yeah. little spots. And if you have a crew of people, and you're just like, it's so sick.
1: That's what I met. Um, you probably know him by Mowgli. He was on Braille for a little bit. Manuel Herrera Mowgli. He goes by Jungle Book or Mowgli. Um, I feel I was, like I've seen some like
0: po- videos online before. Yeah,
1: we were uh, I was street skating in South Korea. And bumped into Mowgli I didn't know who Mowgli was, but we're just talking and he's just so passionate about skateboarding. And I find he's got a YouTube channel. Never heard of him Tell him about mine and we're just talking. He films my first ever five Oh, um, it's dirty as hell, but he filmed it. And like the idea that this guy's on his, his skate vacation, you know, away from work and real life problems, you know, grinding out in California and he took time to like bullshit with me and then took the time to like take those runs to film a trick uh, you know, on his time, just, I just thought that was so fucking cool that this dude was willing to to take that time and encourage me through it and film it. Um, and we just became just super good homies after that. Cause I don't know, just skating brings people together. I don't care what your language is or where you're from or whatever. Like you got a board and you, you're ready to throw down. Like let's, let's go skate. And every place we went in Korea, we were fully accepted. Like there was no heat uh, from any locals or anything anywhere. That's it was it, super man. rad. Yeah
0: it's because they're I found big, that they're fighting off the I found roller, that to be my experience riders.
1: everywhere yeah I found that to be my experience everywhere I've gone like there's there's in the 80s there was a lot of heat from from locals in different places like you skated where you skated and you skated with who you skated with and that was the bottom line yeah. um yeah but now it's like everywhere I go, I don't know if I'm getting like an old man pass, but everyone's super cool. Like everyone's super cool. No, I
0: know? think I think it's just like the culture changed a little bit. Cause so when I was growing up, it was much more like there was some like dickheadish, aggressive, like competitive, this is my shit. You're like, calm the fuck down. But now there's so many people skating, yeah. it's like it's so obvious, you know? Yeah. It's insane now. Especially if you're near a skate park. I when guess the, like, uh.
1: When people want to come back into it, like the older guys are like, Hey, you know, I'm worried about going to the park or this or that. I was like, look, you have to go to the park. You're not going to progress unless you're around other people. I was like, number two, if you just go there and skate the entire time, the entire time you're like, you're not sitting on obstacles. You're not bullshit. Like if you just go there and skate, you earn everyone's respect. Like that's all you have to do. Just go skate. I don't care what level, if you are pulling yourself off the ground every five seconds, people are going to respect you. Yeah. You know, but if you go there and just stand around and be like, I used to skate, people would be like, Yeah, you still don't. Yeah. You know, you gotta shoot. You, you gotta go. You gotta go take your hits, you yeah. know.
0: I can't tell you how many people I know that I've like never even had that met that many conversations with them, but I've just known because we've spent hours skating together. Because yeah. we both went to the place to skate and have fun. We say yeah. hi. We're friendly. There's a lot of other people, different dynamics, people, and you're just all focused on skating, and you're like, you know each other, you've seen each other a bunch. Right, Especially when then a month, where but, I'm at, so yeah. then a month
1: goes by, like, "Where's that dude?" And everyone's like, "What did you know the dude that always has leaves the red strip kick down flips. the center of his board?" You does know that guy. Flips. He does <laughs> the kickflips. <laughs> he
0: does the kickflips that way. Oh yeah, yeah. I know him. you always know him yeah. by his skating.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like where'd that guy go? The dude who does you all know. the front
0: shoves. What happened to him? Right,
1: right. <laughs> Just, know. It's pretty funny.
0: I have people but. come up to me because I've been skating for so long. Like, it's been oh god, where am I at now? million years, 25 years, a million. I'm 40. I started at 12, basically. So yeah, so a long time. And uh, but I've been to so many different parks. And I I constantly go to the skate park a lot. So I always meet people, especially growing up. It's constantly skating, meeting people. So I've seen waves of waves of people. And they come back to me like, Oh, yeah, remember me used to teach me skate lessons. I'm like, Yeah, I kind of remember you sometimes some of them like, yes, definitely. And then others like what this is like, it's just like so many souls you know for sure but for it's sure. A- it's awesome it's like that's the beauty of like a skate park and a community of people and just like seeing each other time after time it's cool to know yeah. there's people out there working on their thing and breaking a sweat and being creative for sure and I love skate parks just because it, it's not even just skateboarders although I love skateboarders but like there's a bunch of bmxers there's just young kids and yeah. at the, there's just humans at the skate park you can't help the like whether they're on a scooter or a roller coaster, it's just like It's just a kid or an adult or a person, you're like, you meet people
1: and I've kind of had some conversation about this offline like I I want to get into street skating. I want to get out of the fences, but like I there's something about going to a place where skateboardings happen that helps me skate. And then the idea of because I don't have street skating friends, like getting first of all, finding a spot in north southeast North Carolina is not easy. Like we barely have curbs, you know. Uh, the south is the south like i I haven't found a spot where there's something i can do at a skate park that i can bring to the streets yet other than like a slappy spot that's something i'm struggling with but it's intimidating i don't care how good or well i've learned a single trick in the park in that smooth concrete perfect ledge environment taking that same trick to the anywhere in the real streets is man. It is, it's a, it it mentally messes with me. It is hard.
0: It's a whole different thing, man. You got to like yeah. learn it. That's why hey, the streets can be a madness because you're out there and you're like, I can do this trick every time I fucking know I can at the skate park. Yeah. I do it every fucking time. Why can't I right. do it right now? Why Because
1: that one that one crack, that one slight bump on the roll up? Like everything changes. That's a East Co-
0: that's East Coast for you because the fucking weather makes everything rugged or there's a crack yeah. or the environment's changing all the time. So you're just like the streets aren't perfect, you know?
1: No, i'd i'd love to get some street clips but man
0: you need to find friend. you need to find yeah. one friend that that and then you got to find a spot that you'd both want to skate together and then you got to film some clips of each other there and then you're out in the for street sure. you're out in the streets stacking clips with your friends and then it yeah. gets easier because then you start finding spots like oh now we could i found this spot or that spot you got to look for like industrial zones i'm trying to think of that area or like businesses something yeah. I know, it's all flat but you got to kind of like there's gotta be something that works for that area, you know? You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Ska- That's half of street skating is getting lost in your We're car. you to find it. Yeah, go like on I can go mountain, find like yeah.
1: 80s, like 80s style spots. There's a I set up a 1987 the uh, board and I went and just found like parking lots and weird banks and things like yes. on that board to skate. And like that was fun, but I knew what I was looking for because I've done that type of street skating in the 80s. I haven't done ever the t- type of skating i'm doing in the park in a street uh environment
0: well you gotta so. find, you definitely need to find a spot to slappy front nose because you gotta yeah, take the, for sure the, the tricks from the park to the streets that right because you learn it in that perfect environment and then you find it yeah. in a spot that looks cool or that is could do that yep. that you find naturally that will work with it that you're like this looks sick too Has, for sure no it's the best a lot of it becomes- I mean, about the edit, I mean, t- about the filming and the editing, like that's yeah, when you get sure. to video parts is like when you start taking the tricks from the skate park and you got them well enough that you can take it and find like not a perfect spot, but something that just looks sick. And then you start stacking those tricks and then you right. start once you link the, you were talking about earlier about kind of uh, stringing lines together, even at yeah. the skate park, that's even funner in the streets because you find a spot and it's just like, I can hit that and that and that. And it's just like, yeah. it's it's just so fun to film that. Then you start I need to, to knock it out before I
1: start my shoulder surgery. That way, that way, I'm already got the doctor on lockup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? Go get some tricks, but no, nah, I need to. I need to break out of it. But at the same time, like I don't mind being at the park. So I just, I just love. I would love to go. I would love just go get something old school in the streets. That would just be yeah. awesome. Because right now, all I got in the streets is is slappy. You know, it's it you know and i love a good slappy session don't get me wrong that shit man i go flying you know how many times i just get locked up on a crack and just fly like 10 feet on yeah. a slappy side? it's ridiculous
0: it's nothing's free they're gonna you're gonna have to pay a little bit for each thing yeah <laughs> for nah, sure. it's
1: worth the price it's worth the price of admission every time
0: yeah i but just anyway. love i love street skating that's like my whole world is street skating i um that's the one I like have a hard time letting go of. I've been actually filming some clips recently for our new video stuff that I'm like pretty nice. stoked on. I, I've had so many freak out moments where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to film a video part again. And to me, all yeah. that, all that means is I'm not going to be able to go find a spot out in the streets, the perfect spot for the trick that I worked my whole life on, you know, like, Oh, I've, I've been looking yeah. for a switch heel spot for so long. And then you finally find So to me, like letting go of that, like, Because at some point it's like I'm just returning back to the parks because it's less painful or less of a work. You know, you get older and it's like, especially with injuries and you're like, but so for me, I'm constantly struggling with that. But I surround myself with so many people that skate that now these young people. These young dudes are figuring out street skating and I'm kinda helping them and then I'm getting sucked out. But now I'm just being very selective. I don't skate yeah. every I used to skate every spot. I'm like, I'll get a trick here, even if it's not for my video part, just to skate it. Now I just super selective. Like it's gotta be a spot that I'm like, all right, I'm gonna probably take a little punishment, but I gotta like the juice gotta be where sure. it's squeeze, you know? Like yeah. I've been, been finding some spots. It's it's always it it's always it, a It'd game be game. cool
1: to take some of your for some of your old clips from your old parts and go back and get them now or something else on the same spot and then do a side by side part.
0: Oh, that'd you know? be cool. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Never really thought of that. That'd about be it. dope. Yeah. That'd be well, sick. So we're we're working on a new full length and like everyone's been stacking so much footage. We've been filming with a VX one thousand. My friend Nick bought yeah. one. And uh That's like the, the camera, the skater's camera, you know, so like we've been filming with that a lot and honestly with my phone. So we have a bunch of footage with just like my phone, the iPhone, like 13, 14. I don't know. And then, uh, and then we have with the VX and we're going to, we're going to make a video out of it. Yeah. And Nick's been filming a bunch and I've been filming other people a lot too.
1: I mostly use a Canon M 50 with a seven R S and fish eye. Nice. This is my main camera, and then I have the GoPro 360 Max, and yeah. I like that one because you can do it just straight ahead, or you can do it in 360, yep. or you can do it in 360 but just straight ahead, and then in the editing you can move it left and right and really create movement like you have someone filming for you when you don't. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to that to that camera. Yeah,
0: that's but... cool.
1: I'm always like filming with a tripod. So it like anytime I can get someone to film for me, I'm so stoked because it, it changes everything. Like going from a stationary tripod, doing the same exact trip with someone following you. It just, it brings the, the clip to life. That's so it's kind of dead without the, with the tripod. Yeah, so.
0: everyone needs a filmer. The filmer is like yeah. such a crucial role. That's why I took that. Like when my, when my knee was bothering me a bunch, I would just was like, all right, I'm just going to film a bunch. Cause I don't want to hurt my knee. Yeah. I need to give it time to heal and like figure it out. And I would just film all the time. Cause I still felt like I was part of the trick and landing it because you're just yeah. you, you're kind of talking yeah. each other through it you know? yeah because yeah, they know yeah. you're you, they know you're down there filming they don't want to waste your time and then you know so it's like a balancing of both of it. it's like all right we're yeah. both here for the same objective let's get it you know you're talking each yeah. other through this shit dude it's the best. For sure. that's filming a trick dude that's like why i love street skating and filming a trick when you find a great filmer It's just like a collective effort and you're working towards something, a video part, and like you just know it's like another chapter you're releasing, you know. Video parts are sick. Hold on to like the best of the best. I've been – what I've been doing is going out with me and Nick and then like five other people skating and like I've been filming a lot of the vlog stuff or if someone's like filming – I'll film and film and film and – and then nickel film, and then at the end of the session, I'll just go through and I'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna save this, this, and this, and put it into their yeah. their, their folder for their video part." Because the another good thing about a video part is that um, we're gonna do a premiere. So like everyone works yeah. for like two years, and we can still put out the vlog clips, but we just save the best of the best and right. then have this big premiere with all the homies and everyone's there. It's a live energy, and you're just like, yeah. Oh. I got a hill bomb I'm gonna release it at the premiere. Nice. I, guess I took a fucking good hill <laughs> slam on Hell a hill yeah. bomb, dude.
1: That's sick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I, I love it, man. That'd, I wish I wish be, we lived never.
0: closer together because I would love to skate with you and film. Actually, yeah, I was gonna you say guys earlier, came pretty,
1: you guys came pretty close at one point in North Carolina with the croms, and then and I I missed you on that trip. Where, maybe, where were we at North Carolina? Something Island,
0: Oak Island, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe we should do like uh You should set up that jam or demo, and we'll come down or figure that out. You could have a skate team show up and skate.
1: That'd be sick. That'd be sick.
0: Because you're a little bit before Oak Island too, right? You
1: were. You're. We're we're right below. We're on the ninety-five, right right after Raleigh. So you know, six an hour past Raleigh, we're just right off the ninety-five. Yeah, Yeah. so we're kind of like the south. It's from us to the border of South Carolina is only an hour, so like we're right there, like I'm down in Savannah, Georgia right now, uh, visiting my daughter at her school. It's four and a half hour drive to Savannah. You never see skaters down here because the city is so old. It's just cobblestone and gnarliness. Yeah. but I saw more skaters today than ever before, and there's one park here, but it's that's rough, it's rough, <laughs> so like it's hard to have fun on like there's one I actually I have a clip where I uh, oh, I need uh, profit, not profit. Um, the fucking monopoly oh, prosper. man,
0: prosper, prosper, yeah.
1: prosper board, doing, doing a hill flip on the bank at that park. But that's like, that's it. all that park has to offer is that that little uh, a frame bank. So,
0: yeah,
1: oh, uh, I'll go hit it tomorrow.
0: That's kind of sick though. Anyway. I mean, that means that means someone had there was enough of a spark to get a skate park at one point, you know.
1: Yeah, there's some guys apparently there that drip. There's a um, quite a few borders and curved transition points where, like, apparently these guys just go off. Like, it's almost like they're skating a pool more than they're skating a park. But they're going from flat to these quick, quick transitions on the coping. Yeah. But I saw a couple of them doing it. And they it resembles way more pool skating than it does street skating. And yeah. it's crazy because they're going from flat to to this transition, and you swear they're in a pool. It's gnarly. That's awesome. So. Yeah, every place has its own style, but like Savannah, man, they got cobblestone. Been here longer than Jesus. I mean, this yeah. shit'll beat you up, you know, street skating.
0: Where I where I grew up, or where I grew up skating, was uh, in New Bedford, and we got cobblestone streets from like when they came over from England. They brought cobblestone yeah. in the boats, yeah. and then they just made right. the streets with them. Yeah, yeah. So we got like that city's like kind of rough, but it's it's got more stuff too now. It's all spread out now. Oh yeah. Speaking of, of
1: visiting my daughter, you're you're about to be a skate dad. Dude. How much long you got on that?
0: So, my son Wilder's coming into the world in November. Just
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. Yeah, John, first kid.
0: Yeah, man, first time. Yeah. <laughs> about man. to learn. About to learn a whole bunch. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and like, there's no way to prepare for it. There's no good time for it. There's no way to prepare for it. There's no good book on it. Like. They don't come with instructions, but they're awkwardly pre-programmed. And you got, it's your job to figure out the programming, not to program them. Yeah. Like they, they are who they are. You know, it's kind of weird. You know, me and my brother grew up in the same exact house. We are two totally different people. My son and daughter, same house, two totally different people. Like, it's the job is to figure out the programming, not to program. If that makes any sense at all.
0: No, it makes perfect sense because every person's yeah. is own. Every person's unique, and we all have different temperaments, and then we all have different different experiences and different perspe- yeah. perspectives, different ways to see things, and that's from birth, you know. Like. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. It's the hard
1: part, that. I think. I think uh, you know, from a dad point of view, is like, okay, baby, cool, like. You just want to pour water on it and like like the little sponge and get to grow to a point where like okay here's a skateboard here's a bike here's (laughs) like you you that first four and a half five years you're like okay let's go let's let's make it go faster you know let's get mobile let's move yeah yeah Yeah. once once they're moving then then it's all in so I
0: I saw uh, shout out to good dads out there because I saw a legendary dad not that long ago like since I once I realized I was going to be a father, I started looking around yeah. I started seeing good dads out there more. Cause I was like yeah. look, looking for it. And I saw this one dude, he's running around the block. He's got two big dogs and he's got two kids and he's got everybody running including himself right. ra- around the block. Like I watched yeah. him. I'm like, he's got a unit and they're already out running. And the little kids were yeah. like, at the age where they like they were young, but they were out there yeah. doing it, man. <laughs> I was like, wow. I,
1: I see dudes out here just jacked, you know, huge dudes and they got like the double stroller and the kids in there. they've been pushing this thing. Like, you know, like where they're at running, they've been running for like five, 10 miles. And you're like, yeah. Holy cow, man. Yeah. This dude's been pushing <laughs> those kids forever. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta just be, just be available. You know, that's the biggest thing you can do. You know?
0: uh, yeah, man. I'm super excited for this. And, um, uh... I wanna do a good job, so that's uh I think I'm at it. Yeah, end. that's the I'm goal, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Make I, make good humans.
0: Yeah, and I'm trying to like um yeah, I'm just trying to like it's been good, it's been amazing. My girl's been doing well and like it's just uh getting realer and realer as it goes. But my lady's yeah. like instincts kicked in and she just like we have more than enough stuff for the for a while there already. We got a name, we got his room picked out. We're trying to like mature the dogs a little bit because the dogs were our babies, but now I'm like calling them Brother, yeah. brother Elwood and, 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 si- yeah. and Sissy Emma, like trying to get them to play different roles instead of our people. Well, they're,
1: they're like the dogs, like they know what's happening already and like they're going to be super protective. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like when you bring a, bringing wow. a, a dog to a baby is always kind of weird, but bringing a baby to a dog, like, that dog's been there for a while. Yeah. And, like, you're bringing in, like, they they tend to go all in, man.
0: My girl, so my girl was talking sick. about that. She was saying, yeah, it's, like, a little different dynamic when yeah. the dog's around and then the baby's born. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's going to be it, crazy.
0: Because Elwood doesn't really like when little kids, like, that don't have full control of their motor skills try to pet him. He'll growl at him. Yeah. He gives yeah. them a little, like, oh, fuck off, man. And I'm like, yeah, I can't blame th- him. But
1: <laughs> No, this it's probably going to become super protective over the kid.
0: We you had, know, uh, so it's gonna be sick. We had like a little scare actually. Elwood had a seizure not that long ago. Oh man! First one. He's like he's fifteen or sixteen now. Damn. So it's his first one, but uh, he's fully recovered and doing good now. But that was like with a pregnant lady, and then like being yeah. at the animal hospital with Elwood, and just like I cried for like two days because Elwood's like for sure. my, my bestest friend. You know, like I'm just like I I yeah. sometimes I'll cry just if like for. Like years ago, there'd be times where I think about Elwood getting older, and I'd cry because I'm like, I love Elwood. I don't want to think yeah. about this, you know. So I had
1: I had two dogs, and they're the only dogs I ever had, and I have them at the same time. Uh, they both lived to be 16 years each, but one passed wow. when I was in Korea, and that was, you know, sucked because I was like, that was my dog, you know. Yeah. And then the other one passed um, during COVID, and haven't haven't gotten new dogs. I'm wait till I retire that way I can actually be present. For them versus I was gone so much uh, the last time. So, yeah, but yeah, it's a different house. So now we've got three cats. Meow. We had two. We had two. A big ass 22 pound fucking the laziest cools. Never had a bad day in his life. Garfield cat ever Tigger. That's then sweet. we got like, then we got this gray muscle machine. His name is Bruce Wayne. Cause he like, he just sits gargoyle stares at you from a distance like he's just trying to figure out how to kill us at all times but he's super cool
0: <laughs> wait and maybe then recent... maybe sorry may, yeah. go back let me say this and then go back to what you're saying you ever yeah. seen the movie uh cat's eye i think it's stephen king no oh, okay yeah I all
1: mean, right so then recently there was a storm outside and i'm sitting on my front porch and i hear meow, 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 and i'm like looking around like we live in a got a big yard cul-de-sac you can see everything right and i'm like i don't see a cat like i don't see a cat like where's this cat coming from and like so me and this fucker are playing marco polo back and forth he's like man i'm like now meow, now meow, 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 meow. <laughs> go in the house grab my wife i was like do you see a cat or anything out here like i cannot find this cat
0: Losing in your and mind
1: then, uh yeah so like we're still playing marco polo and then i see this tiny orange speck you know yay big at the end of the cul-de-sac like 200 feet away coming around the corner and i'm like come here and the little fucker. <laughs> you know, comes up and just like straight up to me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is a kitten. Like, this is a kitten. You know, yeah. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, I'm not going to leave it out here in the storm. Like we got big dogs in every one of these houses. I was like, I put it in my daughter's room, close the door. Next day, wife took it to the to the vet to see if it was chipped, you know, or anything. And then we wanted to get it shots and anything Cause we didn't want it around our cats, you know, unless we knew it was like healthy. Right but they won't do that. Cause it's not your cat. Like this, this kitten has like HEPA HIPAA rights. The same as a human, apparently like you can't give this, maybe you can't make this cat healthy. That's so weird. Yeah. So they made us post that we had it for 10 days. And once we did that, and no one claimed it, then we could do all the shots and, and all that stuff. So now nah, I've got it. Now nah, I've got uh Michelangelo Mikey. Cause he's, he's orange. He, he was a hard call. We went with Mikey, but like he looks exactly like Hobbs from Calvin and Hobbs. Oh, so like like it's like man he could have been a hobbs but he's a mikey he's, he's fitting in he's not scared of the 22 pounder or the he's like he's i think he's making bruce the bruce wayne the the fucking shadow cat i think he's like lightening him up a little bit he's got yeah. something to, to beat a to, uh, beat around a little bit so and he, for a big strong cat like the cat shows incredible control playing with his kid and it's kind of impressive like he knows if i go all in on this fucker he's dead so i'm gonna. I want to fucking chai chi the situation and he fucking kills it. But anyway, fucking pets are cool. Everyone should have some pets.
0: Dude. Michelangelo party time. Excellent. That's
1: it. Get get a pet, get a, get a Dyson vacuum and everything's okay. But if you don't have a Dyson, you're done.
0: R.I.P. Bob Barker, dude. You're making me think of Bob Barker.
1: Yeah. Spade and
0: new to your te- pets. Spade new to your pets. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I saw a meme the that's other yeah. day that was like, Bob Barker, I respect that he made it to 99. He got as close to 100 without going over.
1: Oh, that's sick. Possible. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best. He made it to it. 99. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: What a legend. Shit. That Adam Sandler movie with him in there, too. Fucking yeah. Happy Gilmore. Oh, so good. That's sick.
1: Holy shit! <laughs> but anyway, I'm gonna—I got my daughter. I'm at my daughter's house, so I'm gonna hell go yeah. eat some pizza with them. I fucking appreciate you having me back on and chopping it up and all the sick, all the sick boards that I'm gonna destroy. Dude, I'm definitely yeah. ready to change out the uh, the praying hands and uh, get a get a freshie going. It's gonna be sick,
0: dude. Hell yeah! Um, thanks again, Aunt. This is always cool, man. Yeah, man. I'm sure. Yeah, for out, sure. Um, so that we're friends and uh yeah, cool man. Cool to do this. And thanks for the support too, man. Um yeah. it means a lot because uh you know how much we're we try to do skateboard awesome stuff with a lot of awesome so, people, so it always helps. You so know? look,
1: I'm never gonna be a sponsored skateboarder, so I am sponsoring all I need. I'll just keep buying shit. You know, I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm the sponsor's sponsor.
0: Yeah, you know? well I <laughs> I I appreciate it because it helps helps me really uh hell yeah keep the show going and do a lot of cool yeah. things for the skaters. So have I don't think of... a lot
1: of people realize that you're grinding a nine to five on top of running a fucking skate company on top of helping out a, a team of real writers and then all the kids and all the comps. I don't, I don't think people will realize how much you're balancing that you're about to throw a baby on top of all of that. So yeah. like, yeah, I could go, Buy boards from a million other people, but like, I know where my money's going, you know, it's going to all the right places. So that's, that's, and, and it just makes sense. It's what I need. Like, it just makes sense to me.
0: Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Real recognize real, my bud. And, um, yes, sir, can't wait to hear the Terminator. That's going to be sick. You know? Yeah.
1: I can't wait. It's <laughs> metal, metal shoulders. I'm stoked. Um, all right, man.
0: Yeah. Good seeing you, homie. And I'll catch up with you. For next sure.
1: Time. All right, brother. Peace. Ah you. <sniffs>